Hello, everybody, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Puck and Right Chicago podcast. Before we get into anything about hockey, before we get into anything, before we even start talking about anything, because I know we're going to go off on a million tangents like we do every week, I want to say, I'm not going to expand because this is my power play, but I wanted to say congratulations to the U.S. women's national team for winning the World Cup, second straight year, four of the last eight, literally half of the World Cups in existence belong to the U.S. women's team, which is just insane to it's think about good. it's kind of good they're, they're they're okay um so i just wanted to say congratulations to them and all of the success that they've been having i'm going to talk about that later uh megan sweet megan who just spent seven hours in a car coming back from charleston after having a nice relaxing fourth of july weekend how you doing pal i am really tired but i'm good like i'm in good spirits that's good um, yeah, it was actually really nice to be in Charleston. I um, I love it down there. Charleston, South Carolina, for those of you curious. Um, it's so pretty and so historic. And um, my dad has a membership at the marina down there, so one of the marinas down there. So we get to rent a boat almost every time I go out, um, go down there. So that was really fun yesterday. We spent like all morning on the boat. Very exciting. And then I spent yesterday afternoon at the beach. So... And then there are fireworks on Thursday. Can't ask for anything more than that. So and America. I saw, and I saw freaking Spider-Man on Friday. Highly mm. recommend. Even if you're not into Marvel movies, it was fantastic. And if you need one last selling point, Jake Gyllenhaal is in it. Oh. I feel like that says it all. Oh, you might have just yeah. sold me there, Megan. He's the best. And he is unbelievable in this movie. I was so shocked. So that was my weekend. How was your fourth well, uh, I don't know if I mentioned it on the last podcast because I it it had been happened it had happened after the last podcast. Uh, your girl who had shoulder surgery is if you if you've been following us, I had shoulder surgery about six months ago, a little over six months ago. Got cleared from PT about a month ago. Uh, full, just hey, I'm gonna put you back out in the real world, pal. You're good to go. And uh, about two weeks after being cleared of PT, I was playing volleyball with some friends, went down awkwardly on my knee, popped something, I got an MRI, thank God my ACL and my meniscus are still intact, so that means no surgery, but I did severely sprain my MCL, which is the ligament that runs on the inside of your knee, so I hurt my left knee, so it's on the right side of the knee, and uh, I'm in a big brace that goes from about the middle of my thigh all the way down to my ankle, I can't bend my knee at all. Uh, I still I still hobble around though. Yesterday I went to Cub Sox uh, Crosstown Classic and I was like booking it across the street. <laughs> Some guy came up to me. He was like, "You are moving." I go, "I wait for nobody." Uh, so it, it it was it was a little bit hindered by that, but we got a lot of family in from California, so been spending time with them and and saw some good fireworks awesome family i don't see uh all the time so it was really i was off completely off work from all of my five jobs that i work this week so it was nice to just sleep in as 9 30 is like i sleep in at 9 30 now because i'm up at 5 30 every day but oh don't even literally i was up at 7 30 every single day this week and that's well i mean since thursday but like my body is just programmed to wake up that early now. And yes. let me tell you, that is mildly annoying. Speaking of mildly, I meant to mention this when I was talking about Charleston. I may be mildly concussed. Oh, good. We don't know. So the Puck and Right Chicago podcast gang is banged up. 
We are we're going to yeah, we are we are a mess. Well, I think um at, between the two of us and I don't typically get injured, mind you, like I don't I'm pretty careful. I'm clumsy, but I don't usually get injured per, past like a bruise or like a scraped knee or something. But yeah, I when we were on the boat, I was there's like a little storage cubby on the boat and I put something I think I put my phone back in there and I stood up and there was a metal bar and I just completely whacked my head on it and I've had a headache since then so I'm thinking maybe but I not not for sure yet we are not sure if I'm actually concussed or not so so needless to fun. say we're going to be on the IR for a couple weeks yeah we're but... we're both on uh we're both on the IR it's day I'm day to day Okay. Yeah. See, I'm, I'm out for three weeks with an evaluation on July 22nd, and then I will be put into physical therapy to help rehab. So catch me on the bike for the next like month. So that, cause that's, they're, they're going to make me do it. So that's going to be great. But speaking Super of fun. messes, let's talk about, let's talk about this offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo from which the hurricanes just matched today, by the way. So I know okay. we mentioned this on the last podcast and we touched on it at the very end because we were like, wait, we totally forgot we one forgot. of the biggest new pieces of news. But yes, the Carolina Hurricanes announced today, which is the 7th of July, that they uh, have matched the Montreal Canadiens offer sheet to Sebastian Ajo, which is a five-year contract, so it runs through the 2023-24 season, and has a cap hit of $8.454 million. So I kind of broke it down a little bit. So it's really, really front-loaded with bonuses in the first the first year, so... $11.3 million in bonus, $700,000 in salary for year one, and $9.87 million bonus, $700,000 in salary for year two. Then it drops down to $6.95 million in bonuses and a $750,000 salary in year three. And then years three, uh, years four and five each have a $5.25 million uh, bonus and a $750,000 $750,000 salary. So it's really front-roaded. I The first, I think someone was saying, the, the first two years, you're paying almost $21 million to this guy in bonuses. So up front. So that's, I think that's where Mark Bergevin was kind of like, oh, we're going to get him here. We're going to get but him it there. it still felt like, like of all the offer sheets you can make. So, and I, I don't know a whole lot about offer sheets. I'm going to be completely transparent. But my understanding of them and maybe I was wrong or misled or whatever but my understanding was that you were supposed to try and blow the other team out of the water to the point where you're massively overpaying this guy to get him and that you're making it so that that team cannot physically do it that's typically that's typically how it works like if okay, you're gonna so do an offer sheet like you really really want this player and you're you want to try and force the other team to be like, okay, well we can't pay him. Let's just give out these picks because I'll, you, you say your thing. I'll, I just, I just looked it up. So I'll read it like word for word. What an offer sheet, like what comes I just with feel each. like it was just weird. Like I just, I don't know. I mean, I think it was just weird because the Canadians have showed no interest in Sebastian Ajo to my knowledge. Again, I'm not like in the organization or anything, obviously. So like maybe there was some sort of like, behind the scenes interest that nobody knew about but it was so weird and like out of the blue and I don't know I hope it's the last offer sheet we see for a while because it was stupid and I like typically I love chaos believe me and now that we're in the um gritty era 
chaos mm. is kind of normal in the U and in, in the U.S. in the, the NHL. gritty era. Is this what they're like? Okay, you got the original six era. You got the expansion era. Like you got the is, before gritty era, is and this then you have the gritty era. BG and GE. Yeah, BGE and GE. Got it. Okay, so we're yeah. in the, we're in the gritty era now. Yeah, I Good saw that on. I think it was either on Tumblr or Twitter, but either way, it was so funny. I was like, "Yes, we are in the gritty era. That's fantastic." Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Look, I'm all for chaos. Like the playoffs were super fun this year because they were chaotic, and they just made zero sense. Obviously, like even you look at the Stanley Cup winner, and it, that makes no sense. Um, comparatively speaking. It's fine, whatever, they're good, I will, whatever, whatever. But, like, I don't know, I just, offer sheets are so stupid, and everybody's like, offer sheet Marner next, I'm like, shut up, just absolutely shut up. Like, I don't even, what happens to Mitch Marner literally doesn't affect my day-to-day life at all. Same with, like, Braden Point and the other RFAs that people are like, they should be offer sheeted. None of those guys, none of them make a difference to the way I live my life. But honest to God, if I see another offer sheet this season, I'm going to be upset. So <laughs> here's how here's how it breaks down. Okay, so you mentioned earlier, like, blow it out of the water. Okay, so I'll say the 2017-18 average salary because that's the most updated part. Uh, that's the most updated information on Wikipedia. And then I'll tell you what it was in 2005. Uh, so... Basically, this this whole little blurb, it says, when a player accepts an offer sheet and his team declines to match the value of the contract, his former team is entitled to draft pick compensation in the next upcoming draft or drafts based on the average yearly salary of the contract. This average annual salary is determined by dividing the total compensation by the lesser number of years of the offer sheet or five years. The latter clause has potentially come into play with one offer sheet offered to Shea Weber in 2012. These values originally set in 2005 offseason to coincide with the new collective bargaining agreement with percentage increases annually equal to the same percentage increase in average salaries of all NHL players. So, if you're so so Sebastian Ajo's was uh, 8.8.454. So he falls in the range of between 8.1 million on here I'm just rounding and 10.1 million. So if the Carolina Hurricanes wouldn't have matched and Sebastian Ajo goes to the Montreal Canadiens, the Carolina Hurricanes would get two first round picks and a second and a third for right. giving up Sebastian Ajo. So if you're 10.1 or above, you get four first round picks. And then from there, it goes down to 6 million to 8.1, where you get a first, a second, a third. Then the next tier is a first and a third, then a second, then a third, then no compensation if it's below $1.3 million. Just a hair over one point three, but the thing is, it's like, like the whole the whole idea with the whole idea with the whole Marner situation. It's like we're gonna we're gonna offer sheet of twelve million dollars in like it's not it's a team has to do that if they have first if they have four first first round picks in the next four drafts, which I don't know. I mean, okay. The Blackhawks really wanted to offer sheet Mitch Marner with the just a hair over one million in cap space we have. Say we have like I don't know fifteen million. Oh, you know what? Let's do this, let's do this situation. Ottawa because Ottawa isn't even on the isn't even at the floor yet. Okay, they have twenty one million twenty one point nine million dollars in cap right now. Okay, Jesus. they have a first round pick in 2020, 2021, 2022. Let's say they have one in twenty twenty three as well. Okay, well they they will, but they haven't. You can't trade that far in advance, right? 
So say they want to offer sheet Toronto. They're like, hey man, we're going to offer sheet Toronto like $12 million. And then Kyle Dubas is like, welp, I don't have room for that. So I'm going to get four first round draft. Like that's, that's like, that's the situation where you want to do an offer sheet where you put another team in a, in a bind because right, they and like, don't they have didn't even, the room. Like, I think what you were saying, like, I think, I think what Bergevin was trying to do for the Canadians was, I think like, because he front loaded it, like that obviously sucks, but it's just still like, it's not, their, their hurricanes aren't like, you know, rolling in money or anything, but they're not as cra- as cap strapped as like the Maple Leafs or the Lightning or like some of the other teams that have Vegas. RFAs. Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. It was really weird. And I, I mean, I was, I think you maybe could have guessed last week that I was upset about it <laughs> when it first came out, but it's just stupid. Like, I don't know. I, I knew it was going to happen. I didn't think it was going to be Sebastian Ajo, for being completely honest. But, like, I knew somebody was going to get offer sheeted. And it was, it was just as dumb as I thought it was going to be. Here's my, here's my ideal situation, which I, as a Toronto Maple Leafs resident fan, never want to see Mitch Marner play for a team other than the Toronto Maple Leafs, okay? I never want it to happen. I'm going to make that clear. The Colorado Avalanche have $24 million in cap space. Aubrey Sheetham, $24 sign, million. Sign, no, sign. They have to sign Miko Rantanen. That's their number one priority. Okay, they also have JT Confer, Andre Burakovsky, uh, Vladislav Kemenev, uh, who are all restricted free agents, and then Ryan Graves. Okay, Miko Rantanen is your number one guy. Then JT Confer and Andre Burakovsky, but they will not be as big as a, a big of a cap hit. Get Miko Rantanen done. Offer sheet Marner. That Just do it. Oh Just my God. Like imagine Marner. Oh, oh God. Well, he can't, okay. He can't play with, I mean, if McKinnon plays, mm, no, Marner's a wing. Yes. So, I mean, McKinnon's a center. So put Marner and McKinnon together. I don't care. I don't care. Marner's a center. Put Marner in the center. Put Ma, McKinnon on his right wing. Boom. That's it. Cheese all day. Like I don't. I don't Cheese. care. I don't care. Like just, that would just. Oh, it would just so stupid. Like just let the team sign him. Yeah. Like just let them. But it makes it fun, thing. Megan. But it makes it fun. My one of my favorite. So I don't. If you guys don't follow Sarah Sivian on Twitter at this point, I don't know what you're doing we with your life. We are Sarah Sivian fan club. And she's she follows so me. funny. Her, did she really? Yeah. Oh, I knew that. I knew that. I've DM'd um, her before. I'm famous. Her tweets are so funny, and they've been great this past week dealing with all of this offer sheet stuff. She's so, I don't really want to say ballsy, but, like, kind of. Oh, my like, God. Dude, she is literally, so, like, does not give any. But one of my favorite tweets about bleeps. this whole thing <laughs> was she randomly, I think she actually... I can't remember if it was a t- like she retweeted it from herself and she I don't remember if it was that tweet where she had tweeted it like a couple months ago or if she tweeted it recently. But she it popped up again and she had said, like, I want someone to like before I get married to offer sheet me. And I could not stop laughing at that tweet because honestly, that's what this feels like. Like, it's just so stupid. And. I don't know it. I mean, I like, again, I like the chaos of it. These guys, like what they do, like obviously the Sebastian Ajo one, like if he had gone to the Canadians, I would have been upset, but like, 
aside from him, there really aren't any RFAs that I'm like, oh man. Patrick Line could be interesting. I guess. I mean, he's I, so hot and cold. Like you know, he's gonna be a great offensive player. He just had a down year, like, which when? it's like sophomore slump. Like that's it's it's common, you know. And everyone's gonna have their up and downs. But like, I I, I we nobody knows what he's gonna do. Is he gonna? I don't know. Is he gonna be the daddy of Finland? I don't know. Like that that could be really interesting for a team to look at. But there are a couple other signings that happened over the weekend, over the last week. Alexander Kerfoot and Cody CC were both locked up by Toronto. So Alexander Kerfoot, which I found out he doesn't like being called Alex. It's always Alexander. Uh, he signs a four-year deal at $3.5 million a year. I refuse to be called anything other than my full name. Well, listen. Listen. Don't judge him. I mean, to be fair, I don't like when people call me Meg for the most part. Like, there, that bothers see, me. See? You have no room to talk, like Megan. Me. Like, I feel like that's different. Uh, and then Cody know, That's CC. just such a weird stipulation. Only call me Alexander, well, no Alex. He's well. He didn't say it like that. He's just like I prefer to be called Alexander. I like think he didn't say it like. like that. <laughs> Could you imagine a hockey player at their press conference? Well, no, in Toronto, call me like in in a market like Toronto, are you kidding me? Don Cherry is going to eat this kid alive. Uh, Cody is not even going to have a job though. That's we'll the talk about question. that. We'll talk about that. Cody CC signs a one year deal at four and a half million with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, I listened to the latest episode of the Steve Dangle podcast, as one does, and Steve Dangle is calling for Cody CC to be the next captain. So just, just you know, Kawhi. He was like, I saw a tweet and it was like Kawhi had to leave because uh, honestly, Toronto can only handle one star. Now that they've got Cody CC, I mean, it's it's over for him. So. Oh my gosh, I saw that. I think I saw that you retweeted it, and yes. I could not stop laughing at that. That was so funny. Yeah, so uh, like, <laughs> we'll see how that goes. I mean, Cody CC is basically just Nikita Zaitsev with a lower cap hit, so I don't really know what Dubas was doing there, but I guess they believe in him, so we'll see how that that, that, that goes. Always uh, love when they believe in a guy. Uh, ben Sherratt signs a three-year deal at $3.5 million AAV with the Montreal Canadiens. Josh Levo. Vancouver Canucks legend signs a one-year deal at a $1.5 million. Nikita Zadorov signs a one-year deal at $3.2 million with the Colorado Avalanche. And then Marcus, this happened This happened just uh, over the last day or two, and I spelled his name wrong on our doc, and it says Marcus Johansson. Uh, Johansson. Mar- Marcus Johansson signs a two-year deal at $4.5 million. AAV with the Buffalo or yeah, AAV with the Buffalo Sabres, which that one kind of, that one, that one's the one I want to, I want to I wanna stay on here until we get over to wanna the Blackhawks. Want to harp Cox. on this one for a minute? Yeah, because Marcus Johansson is the kind of player that you don't really, like he, he's a very, very effective player. And I've really liked the game that he's played, especially when he was with, he was with New Jersey for a hot minute, but he spent most of his career with Washington, but yep. he is just a, He's just a consistent player. I don't think he's ever, I don't think he's ever dipped below. He, I don't think he's ever, yeah, he's never dipped below 20 points is an entire NHL career since 2010-11. He, I'm looking at it right now and he was split between, he was split between, it says he was, oh, okay, that's New Jersey and Boston. So he had, he had 27 points with New Jersey, and then he got traded over to Boston. He only had three points with Boston, but that's because he only played in 10 games. But uh, he's played in 82 games twice in his career, and he only he's only played under 
He's only played under, I think, 70. Oh, he played 34 in 2012-13. But needless to say, he's a very effective guy, and he's been nominated for the Bing, the Lady Bing, multiple times. He came in sixth in voting in the 13-14 season. So he's a great player, and he was great for the Bruins down the, sp- down the stretch before he got injured. But I like the signing for Buffalo. I kind of don't know what – and, like, Steve Dangle kind of put it this way too. He was like, teams that, like – you just don't know what they are. are probably going to be the most wild card kind of teams this year. Like the Minnesota yeah. Wild, what are you? The Edmonton Oilers, what are you? The Boston Bruins, well, we know what the Boston Bruins are. The Buffalo Sabres, what are you? Yeah, I they confuse me. And I, I'm sorry, my dog's losing it on the floor. Um, she's just rolling around. Um, and so I'm sorry if you hear her snorting and rolling around I don't know what she's doing um she just woke up from a nap um but yeah no the the sabers to me are so weird they're like I don't know they're like an enigma like they constantly do things and I'm like what are you doing it's not in a bad way just like a what like you know like like when you catch a kid doing something weird it's yes. not bad. Like, they're yes. not doing anything harmful. They're not doing anything, like, good. They're just doing something weird. And you're like, what, do you, what are you actually doing? So they have, okay, so I'm going to run down the roster here. Okay, so they got Zach Bogosian. Uh, they got Dylan Cousins, who they just drafted seventh overall this year. Rasmus Dahlin, Jack Eichel, John Gilmore. Z- oh, gosh, I know his name. Zemgus Gergensens. There we go. Matt Hunwick. Toronto Maple Leafs legend, Marcus Johansson, Johan Larson, Curtis Lazar, Jake McCabe, Colin Miller, Casey Middlestat, Brandon Montour, Kyle Pozo, Sam Reinhart, Rasmus Ristolainen, Marco Scandella, Jeff Skinner, Vladimir Sabodka, Linus Olmark, Jimmy Vc, and Scott Wilson. Okay, so we know that Darlene Eichel, Casey Middlestat, Akpozo, Ristaline, and Skinner, like those guys are locks, okay? We know right. how good those guys are. Um, they're kind of becoming the core. I wouldn't put Jeff Skinner in there yet, but he once he gets into this deal, he will I like be. getting there. They got a lot of good young guys. Casey Middlestat is really good for them. Uh, you got Dylan Cousins, who you just drafted, and then you, got, you just got Colin Miller. He's not young. He's 27, but you just got him in a trade with the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, and you just got Jimmy Vc as well, who's 26 from the Rangers. Everyone else, I'm just kind of like, like, on? what are you doing? What's like, not on? in a bad way, but, like, what are you doing? Like, I have so many questions, and I'm, again, I'm not here to judge. And the they Sabres just got a new head coach, just... too. Ralph Kruger. Yeah. yeah. The Sabres, to me, are just kind of there. Like, they're not in a division that I'm really, like, I don't really, they're in the Atlantic, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and the, I don't know, they're, the, I don't have any, I don't really have any dogs in the Atlantic, so ah, I get it. Dogs. That was a weird. That was a weird sentence. You got dogs um, in the fight. <laughs> that's a weird, weird sentence, but it, it's fine. We're rolling with it. Um, so I don't know. Like, I, they're just weird. I feel like the whole Atlantic is weird, to be honest with you. I just the Sabers though just don't make any sense to me, and it's again not a bad thing. They just they do things and they like exist, and I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I don't know. I I thought that signing was interesting because I was kind of thinking that Boston was going to resign him, but I wasn't. I wasn't sold. Sorry, I just like hit my mic. Um, I wasn't sold that they were going to resign him only because he is really good when he's healthy, but he's been injured so much in the past like two or three seasons, and I feel like with all the un- other injuries that the Bruins have been dealing with, I kind of feel like they need to get 
I don't know what they need to do to fix that, but something. Um, they need to do something. Um, but yeah, so I was a little surprised that it was Buffalo that signed them, but or signed him, but I don't know. I guess we'll see how he does there. I think... I feel like he could be... He's one of those guys, kind of like a Marcus Kruger type, where he can kind of float up and down the lineup if he needs to, but he's mostly a bottom six guy. So... I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But this is a really light week. So let's move on to the Blackhawks because uh, there's literally one thing I want to talk about. Also, countdown to convention. 17 days until Megan is in Chicago. Almost two weeks. Almost two weeks here. We're uh, we're getting on it. And she's coming in on... She's coming in on the Wednesday, and we're actually going to the Chicago Professional Hockey League games. So excited. Which, if you live in the Chicago area um, and you want some hockey in your life, Fifth Third Arena, which is the practice arena of the, Bla- of the Chicago Blackhawks, hosts the Chicago Professional Hockey League. Uh, this, I think this is their third season, but there's players from the NHL, the AHL, Junior, the, all that kind of stuff that come out and play just to keep their legs fresh, and so... There's teams that have uh, Patrick Kane plays in it, Jonathan Taves, Alex Dabrinkit, uh, Vinny Hinnestroza. Yeah, Stromer, Vinny, uh, Vinny Hinnestroza, Ryan Hartman. Uh, Alex Turcotte's going to be in it, who was just drafted fifth overall. He's from Chicago, so that's why he's going to be here. But My boy Sh- um, Scott Darling is going to be playing. Yep, Scott Darling. My fave. Yes, so if you are ever in the Chicago, and, and tickets are only $5 and all of the proceeds go to charity, so um, if you are in the Chicagoland area and want to check out some hockey, definitely check those out. They play every Wednesday night. Megan and I will be there on the 24th, so that'll be really exciting, and then we've got some surprises planned for the Thursday, and then the Blackhawks convention over the weekend, so that'll be really, really exciting, uh, and if any of you are at the Blackhawks convention, come say hi. I want to talk to everyone. This is so exciting. Um, but We should make t-shirts. Just puck and break Chicago. Oh, God, I'm not that. I'm not like I'm not that. I'm not that either. Uh-uh. So the only thing I really wanted to talk about and kind of mention was uh, the Blackhawks organization has revamped their podcast, uh, the Blackhawks Insider. It's called it's really called Blackhawks Insider, official Chicago Blackhawks podcast. And I finished listening to the newest episode right before we came on. And it was with Eric Lear, Adam Burrish, Chris Kook. And then I forget who's hosting it. He also I think it's Chris Westcott or someone from. The Blackhawks uh, is one of the senior writers on Blackhawks.com, and they were talking about Andrew Shaw and a couple of the other, uh, a couple of the other acquisitions that the Blackhawks made. And I said this to Megan, and I mean this in the sweetest and nicest way possible because I love Adam Burrish. Adam Burrish is great. Okay, we've met him multiple times. Like he's just he's a great guy. And he's he obviously won a cup here, so he's you know when you win a cup here, you're automatically just family. Everyone loves you. I know why I relate so hard to Adam Burrish is because I too cannot shut up. So he, and it's not a bad thing because his analysis is really detailed and really intelligent. And like, he knows what he's talking about. And especially because it's coming from a perspective that he was in the locker room with these guys. He knows what they're going through. He knows these guys, not just, Oh, I played on another team and I'm here and I'm just a value. No, he knows these guys. He's friends with them. He goes out to dinner with them. He's, he knows their families. Like he's with them. And I was sitting there and I was like, Wow. Wow, can you talk a lot? But it's only like a 35, 40 minute episode, but it's a really good episode. So if any of you are in the market for another podcast to listen to after you get finished listening to ours, check that one out. But uh, hopefully the other uh, the other thing I was going to mention about the convention, hopefully Andrew Shaw's at the convention. I was hoping that too. And I was kind of, it's funny because I was like, oh my God, is Calvin DeHaan going to be there? Because I love 
I've mentioned this. I've mentioned this last week um, when we first you, talked about him getting traded. But do you like Calvin Hahn? Or is this what you're going to say here? I I'm not sure. I haven't really I haven't really gotten the full picture on that yet. Uh, yeah, it's you know it's kind of a it's it's up in the air. Mm, okay, so we're 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 day to day. We're day to day. Day to day to day. No, but I'm like super excited. I. I don't know. The convention was really fun last year, and it was. It's been fun following it in years past when I didn't, when I wasn't able to go. But going last year was really, really fun. And it's funny because I actually got home today from a vacation, and my first thought was, okay, I need to figure out what I'm bringing with me to Chicago. Oh my gosh! Even though it's like three weeks out, but I packed I, the night before. No, girl. If I if I am going somewhere, especially if I'm going to be gone for a couple of days, I and it's. I feel like I really only do that because like when I went to Charleston this past weekend, I literally threw stuff in a bag the night before and just left the next morning. But when I, I think it's because I was with my family. So if there was anything that I missed or, and not saying that it wouldn't be this way going to see you, but like, you know, I'd be able to run to the store or whatever. But I feel like when I'm traveling with friends, like I've been down to Disney world a couple of times with friends and, I've done other vacations with friends. I feel like I try really hard to make sure that everything that I need is packed so that I don't have to be like outside of the. What am I bringing? Yeah. Yeah. And then you're not worried about, yeah, you're not worried about it. So I can just be and just like have fun while I'm there. Whereas like a family vacation is like somebody's, somebody else is probably going to miss something too. So the chances of me having to go to the store are pretty high anyways. So if I forget to bring, you know, a toothbrush or if I forget to bring, you know, socks or whatever i'll be mm. able to go to a store and get stuff but that is way off tangent but off that's literally topic. it for the blackhawks so let's talk yeah. about there's only a couple uh pieces of nhl news that we have to discuss here mike sullivan signs a four-year contract extension to remain the head coach of the pittsburgh penguins through the 2023-2024 season which i mean here's here's the thing this group, they just traded Phil Kessel. We talked about this last week. They just traded Phil Kessel. There's rumors you mean Phil that Phil. yes, there's rumors that they're they want to move on from Evgeny Malkin, which I don't think they're going to do while Crosby is still there. Um, but mentioning Crosby, they're kind of their window is like their, their window closing. is it's closing and it's closing pretty fast. They traded Olimata. They do have a couple of young guys like they still have Jake Gensel. They have Brian Russ. They have Matt Murray in net. That's still uh, the, he definitely tapered off after winning those two cups with them. But <laughs> I I mean it's not it's not a lie. But I I just okay the last four seasons. Let's see. I'm just surprised. Like. I have nothing against Mike Sullivan. I don't. The Penguins are personally not my favorites, but I don't know. I was a little surprised by that one, just because, like, I don't know. Maybe I wasn't surprised. I don't know what I felt about that. It just feel. It felt weird. Like, I don't know. It's one of those things where you're right. Like, the window for them to win another cup is probably closing. Mm-hmm. Even though I think Sidney Crosby's still one of the best players in the game, and I don't think. <gasps> I know, I know, I know, I know. That is the nicest thing you've ever said to me. That's the nicest thing I've ever said about him. And don't, I I feel like maybe don't expect that. This is the greatest, this is the greatest day of my life. Oh my God. I'm not going to sit here and say that he's bad. I never, I never thought I'd live 
to see the day. I know. I know. I know. I, I mean, I'm not sitting here like, you know, praising the hell out of the guy, but what am I going to say that he's bad? What? I mean, you have before. (laughs) Yeah. That was mostly out of frustration, but like in the off season, I feel like I'm a lot nicer which actually I'll get to that in a little bit when we do the power play because I'm actually not. I was like, that um, is a lie. <laughs> it's actually a big lie. Um, I feel like the off season is when I feel like I like my inner truths come out mm. where I really sit and evaluate how I view hockey. I'm like, wow, this team actually sucks. Or wow, I thought I hated this team or this player, but I actually like them. And then, you know, I go into the season confused. Um, where was I going with this point? Oh, but you're right. Like, I, I do think that, like, he's still good, but I think the window is just slightly closing. Just, I don't know what to do with the Penguins, though. Like, they, it, they're kind of, they're almost in the same boat as the Blackhawks, where they've got, like, some really good players, but it's like, what do you do with them? Like, well, the last, so the last four seasons that Mike Sullivan has been the head coach, so he came in for uh, John, Mike, Mar, Mike, Johnston, sorry, Mike Johnston, uh, during the during the fifteen sixteen season when they won their first of two back to back cups, uh, so they won. They ended up winning the Stanley Cup that year. They won forty eight games, lost twenty six, and tied eight. So they finished with one hundred and four points. Then they won the next year. They finished with fifty wins, twenty one losses, eleven overtime losses for one hundred and eleven points. And they they won the Stanley Cup that year, and then twenty seventeen eighteen. They had 47 wins, 29 losses, six point or six overtime losses for 100 points, and they lost in the second round. And then this past year, they won 44 games, lost 26 overtime, lost 12, and they had 100 points again. And then they lost in the first round. They got swept by the New York Islanders this past year. So in total, under Mike Sullivan, they have 189 wins, 102 losses, 37 overtime losses. They've made the playoffs all four of those years. They've won Stanley Cups in two of them. So it's not like it's... It's not like he's not doing his job, but also I'm just like, okay, Jim Rutherford's going to have to get you some, he's going to, he's going to have to to help you out. He's got to help you out. So they got Bugstad, Bueller, Crosby, Dumoulin, Galchenyuk, who they just traded for, Goodbranson, Gensel, Hornquist, uh, Tristan Yari, Jack Johnson, Chris Letang, Malkin, McCann, Murray, Marcus Pedersen, Brian Russ, Justin Schultz, Dominic Simone, and then Zach Trotman. But so you got young, you got young guys. I think guys that are a little bit older that have been on this team. Obviously, Sidney Crosby. You've got Patrick Hornquist, who has been a member for a pretty long time. Chris Letang of Guinea Malkin, and then you can kind of throw Matt Murray in there. But Matt Murray has been there only for four years. But you do have you do have some new guys. You do have some young faces. Hopefully, Alex Galchenyuk can get the fresh start that he was supposed to have in Arizona after leaving yeah. Montreal here. But maybe playing, maybe playing with. Um, He's a center, so he'll play probably on the, I would say, like the third line because Evgeny Malkin's on the second line behind Crosby. But hopefully hopefully he gets something here. But it's just like it's turning into a Pittsburgh Penguin team that we don't really recognize, which is so strange yeah. to me because I feel like they're very much like the Blackhawks where they had that core for so long. Right. And they won the 9 Cup together, and then they won these two back-to-back ones, and then now they're like what the Blackhawks had to do after 15 was just kind of like – ship people off and be like, sorry, salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I don't know. There are a couple of teams around the league where I feel like I used to know their core and now their core is totally changed or totally gone Mm -hmm. or like flown across the league. And I'm like, yikes. Who are you? The Kings, the Kings, the Kings and even kind of the ducks to an extent. Mm -hmm. Like 
I'm like, I don't know any of these players anymore. Yeah. And then we play them. I'm like, I don't know who you are. Like, who do you play for an NHL team? Are we sure about that? Like, I don't know. It's so. just, it is weird though. The Penguins especially are weird to me because of how good they've been the past, like, decade-ish. Mm-hmm. They're but always I, that team that's like, you just know, like, especially this past season, and they struggled for a little bit, and they ended up finishing, I think, like, third of the Metro. Like, they're always a team that's in it. Like, there's there's never a the conversation. Like there's never yeah. a conversation that's like, oh, the Penguins might, might not make it this year. It's like, no, as long as they have Crosby on their roster, they're, they're going to make it. They're going to be fine. It's not like Edmonton, because the, the Pittsburgh Penguins are, like, actually run, like a hockey team should be run. Yeah, like, but, a, like a legit hockey team, not like a peewee team. Like a, yeah, like a pro sports franchise, but... As long as Sidney Crosby's on that roster, they're never going to go full rebuild. I think once Crosby retires, then they're just like, all right, strip it down. We're going to be – we have to retool because they've they've built their entire franchise around this one guy, you know, and it, yeah. it worked out great for them because he's one of the best players in the league. But there comes a time where you got to evaluate, like, okay, we're – there's a lot of guys like, okay, get rid of Jack Johnson. I don't know why you have Erica Branson. Like you, oh my God, Branson made me laugh so hard. When, I think I, I, we actually, I think talked about it on a, po- a previous podcast when he was traded. I think it was, yeah, it was did. a trade deadline one, right? Mm-hmm. I think it was. Oh my God, I could not stop laughing at that. Like the Penguins were really high on Erica Branson, and me being a low key Canucks fan, watching him all season just flounder around on the ice. I'm like. Well, and they just got Brandon Tanev, too, for six years or whatever yeah, from the like, Winnipeg oh Jets. I'm like, that one actually, there's better that choices. One, that one legitimately made me sad, though, because he and Adam Lowry were the best of friends. Yes. And and now they're not. Yes. And, I mean, he's, he played for Winnipeg for – he's been in the NHL for four years, so he's played his entire career in Winnipeg. And then Pittsburgh – everyone was saying it like Pittsburgh got their guy. I was like, that's their guy? Like, he's a great player. I'm not I'm not saying – But, like, that's their guy. But that's your guy? Like, he's never like, – he's played 80 games. That's the most he's ever played once. The highest he's ever hit in is 29 points, which was this past season. The previous season he had 18, and then he played 51 games in 16-17 and had four points. I just don't – I don't see where they're like, this This is our guy. This is our guy. Like, I, I don't understand. Like, Jim Rutherford is usually really, really good. With, with finding those players and drafting those players that are, you know, not not marquee names and they turn out to be, you know, like he's really good at that, but he, I just don't. But yeah, moving on from that, um, a total of 40 players have filed for salary arbitration and the hearings will be held from July 20th to August 4th. Just some of the big names um, that filed, Jordan Bennington of the St. Louis Blues, Jacob Truba, who is now with the New York Rangers, Malcolm Subban with the Vegas Golden Knights, and Sam Bennett with the Calgary Flames. Also, Obviously, Brock there's... McGinn from the Hurricanes. Oh, did he? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's there's a couple guys that um, have filed for salary arbitration. And then, so we'll, we'll definitely be keeping eye on that and keeping you updated on how all that happens. But the last thing I want to talk about happened this morning, and I was just very shocked to see this on uh, uh, Bleacher Report. Sonny Milano of the Columbus Blue Jackets and A.J. Greer of the Colorado Avalanche have been arrested and charged with assault after getting into a fight at a nightclub last night in New York over a bill, like over over a a food bill. Um, It was three. There was another person involved as well. And I just saw that came out this morning and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But there's nothing going on right now. So I just felt the need to to slide that in there and mention that. So I didn't even know that happened until you told me like what? an hour ago Mm -hmm. and I like first of all 
I neither of those guys are big names at all. Right. It's not like but, it's like Cam Atkinson, who would never hurt a fly. But Cam Atkinson, you know? Yeah. It it's just weird. Like what even I don't know. I'm very curious. I I like kind of want to keep an eye on this one only because like the NHL doesn't I don't know. I feel like you hear about this stuff a lot with like NFL players or like I don't know what other sport. Really, I guess maybe it's just the NFL. But you just the like I feel like hockey players for the most part just like in the off season, off season even during the season like just lay low. Mhm. And I don't know if it's just the nature of the league. Like, it's in terms of, like, the four major sports in the U.S., it's probably the fourth. Yeah. In terms of popularity, I would venture to guess. Mm-hmm. I'd venture to guess that it would go NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. I don't know. I, I don't know any of the stats or anything on that. That was just my guess. But so you don't hear that this kind of stuff happens that often, and I really don't think it does. But it's just interesting that – too random like did, were they at dinner together yes they were yeah, so I'm if you look at were, aj greer a... well if you look at aj greer's um if you look at his uh instagram story he put one up of him of him and sunny at dinner it was like a like a boomerang of sunny like ordering something but the kicker is that both of them are rfas right now so they need a new contract so who That's knows much. if so who knows if they're going to get after this whole thing goes down? Who knows if they're at, if they're going to be in the NHL? I mean, yeah, that well, like obviously we things. don't know the backstory and like how it all happened and like whose fault it was, but like right. obviously when you hear the news charged with assaults, then it's like oh well, yeah, that that's wasn't not very really good. good. And it what I'm almost surprised that this doesn't happen more with the NHL just because of the nature of the sport. But I guess guys are just good at compartmentalizing or something, but. I just, it's like, did they, like, forget that you can't fight in real life? Like, like, in real life, that doesn't, you can't just, like, fight. You can't just fight and then go sit in the penalty box for five minutes. Like, you you legitimately get in trouble. Like, did they just forget that? Did the rules just go out the window and they were just like, all right, drop the gloves right now. Let's go. I, it's funny, and I was actually, speaking of penalties, I was talking to my mom about the, um, soccer game today. I was driving, so I didn't get to watch the game. My mom kind of filled me in. Um, but I guess they were reviewing a penalty. My mom had to explain penalties to me in soccer because they're a little bit confusing Mm -hmm. for somebody who hasn't maybe watched soccer before like me. Um, and I guess if you get two yellow card penalties, you're out you're done. Yeah. And I'm like, could you imagine if they did that with the NHL teams would have no bench after the first two periods. Well, and the thing I noticed too was like there, there was a call, there was a call that the ref made. There was like a head ref and she's like queen B like she, like everything goes through her Yeah, and she made a call. And then a girl from the Netherlands went up and tried to tried to protest it, and literally she opens her mouth, and the ref goes yellow card. And I was like, oh, she didn't even get to contest. She didn't even get to say anything. The ref was just like, nope, you're Again, done. I was like, oh god. Like you literally, imagine if that happened in the NHL, the amount like, of you... side banter that goes on between the refs and the players after a scrum, and like yeah. how long they linger there, like it, they would all be gone. Yeah, they would be gone. Jonathan Taves would be kicked out of so many games. <laughs> Me. Me? Me? Yeah, so... Oh, man, that's my favorite. When he does that, I... 
Oh, I like I. It's it's like, funny we, you know, the, Jonathan. You know like, that you're in you trouble. You know exactly what you did, my dude. Yeah. Like I know you know what you did, and you sitting there screaming me at the refs is not gonna help your case. It's only gonna make him be like, when, get to the box. It's the same thing when guys get in the box and then they look and watch the replay on the jumbotron and they shake their head like they didn't do anything when they blatantly did something. I like, dude, like, just accept it. Yep. At this point, just. Yep. So it may not be right, but just accept it. Exactly. You're right. Let's do the power play. Let's wrap this up because yep. there's nothing to talk about. I'm sorry. No. Your face is great to look at while we're recording. I know, here, but... but it's so quiet. I, it's funny because I was driving home today and I was like, I don't know what we're going to talk about the podcast tonight because I haven't seen anything. And I, I again, I've been low key off the grid, mm. um, you know, being down in Charleston. I've just been, you know, not on my phone, but I don't know. I was checking Twitter this morning, hoping I'd see stuff. And I was like, nothing. It's like, okay, well, I guess not then. I, can I, uh, can I go first? Because we were just yes. talking about soccer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Tell me, me when woman. Go. Okay. So I know I've talked about this and we've talked about this on this podcast before. I'm sure I've mentioned it, but it's something that I'm super, super passionate about being an athlete my entire life and women's sports matter. Okay. Like it's, it, I was sitting on my couch and there's a, there's a commercial from Nike and it's just all female athletes and it's whether they're professional or whether they are little kids. And it's saying, well, whether, whether you want to be the one to break the gender barrier, whether you want to win a world cup, whether you want to do this, whether you want to have people more accepting of your sport, blah, blah, blah. Like, in order to do that, you need to see that. And Kendall Coyne Schofield's whole thing is if you can't see, you can't be. So if you can't see what sport you play, if you can't see those female athletes playing at the highest level and succeeding at the highest level, you might not have a belief that you can do it. You can watch men do it all day because men's sports in, in North America and all over the world are the most popular ones, but women matter too. And for the women to win four of the last four, four out of eight World Cups and win two straight back to back. I was listening, I was watching the post game on Fox and then they cut over to an MLS game between Atlanta and New York and the announcer goes, I know there's a lot of fans that, that are coming over just after tuning in after the Women's World Cup, but uh, there's there's a lot of fans here for the main event. And I was like... Like a the, random MLS game. I Sorry. was like, in the middle of the season, in the middle of the season, when the women just did probably what people a lot of people thought was impossible they had a tear a really rough road throughout the the tournament and they faced a lot of hard teams and a lot of people put them down and said no you can't do it the president went after one of went after one of the players Alex Morgan was like screw this I'm gonna sip the tea after I score on my 30th birthday to prove that I'm the goat and she is but it's just it's really frustrating to me that after this people still don't see women's sport as legitimate and I just want to say that it's super super important so if you can support women's sports whatever city you're in if you can go to a national women's soccer league team if you can see women's hockey if you can see women's golf if you can see women playing football softball anything that you can support women's sports do it because it means so 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 much and they so matter and I was sitting on my couch crying because I was like wow that Women are awesome and women can do anything that men can do and women can do what men say that we can't do. And it's so important for little girls and people to see that. So 
Yeah! Go USA! Sorry I interrupted you, but, like, when you tweeted that, I saw... I was so mad about that. Like, I just... This is just a question. And men out there, you can answer this for me because I've had this question for a long time. What is it about men that makes them think that they need to just condescend women all the time? Like, it's a genuine question. Like, not trying to be, like, controversial or anything, but, like, I feel like... It just, it's always a condescending remark. Like, just say it. You don't have to say it like that. Yeah. Like, just say, hey, like, thanks for coming over after watching World Cup. Congratulations to the women's team. Let's get into the men's game. Like, why couldn't you just say it that way? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> but but uh, thank you for tuning in to the main event. Oh. Oh. Just say, like, what this teams is the main are event? playing and then get into it. Like, do you have to be that about it? Like, like, this is the main event? Are you sure? Are you sure? Because I'm pretty sure the women just won their second straight title. But, like, that's just, that's just me. I don't know. I it just, really, it really got so me mad. ticked off. And, like, there's like, not I, a lot of things that get me, that get me, that get me mad. But seeing, and especially as a woman, like, seeing people just degrade them over and over and over and degrade us over and over and over and over again, it's just the most... Oh, it's the most irritating thing because it's like, well, we've proven. Like, what else do you want us to do? And I know, I know there's an obvious difference, but like, and we may have touched on this before, but I'm going to touch on it again. It's, and I hate sounding like this because I don't really want to say it the way I'm going to have to say it for it to make sense. But it's like ridiculously hard to be a woman and be a fan of a sport. Oh, like yes. You are questioned about everything. Like, I've had guys at games, be it a Hurricanes game or, like, a random other sporting event, ask me, like, a million and one questions about it. And I'm like, okay, you know I don't know that. You probably don't even know that. Like, why are you asking me that question so that I'm valid? That makes zero sense. So, yeah, women's representation in sports is really important. Like, even watching, like, Catherine Tappan on NBCSN or, like, some of the other women reporters or beat writers, like Sarah Sivian, like... It's just so annoying. And I, man, I could get into this, but I'm not going to because I don't want to be like, but it, I completely agree with what you said. 1000%. And it's, it's a conversation for another day, but it's an important conversation to have to, and continue yeah. to have because women are not going to have equal rights. Women are not going to have equal pay until someone steps up and, and something has happened and something happens because yep. it's, it's to the point where it's just. Oh, it just, oh, it just really, oh, just really grinds my gears. Okay. Yep. Are you ready for yours? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Mine's going to be short. Okay, go Maybe. ahead. So <laughs> I was listening, I, I occasionally listen back to our podcast when I've got a free minute and I just want to make sure that I, not to be like conceited, but just to make sure that I sound okay and like that I don't say things that I might not have meant, whatever, just just want to make sure that I'm being good. And I was listening to, it was either last week's podcast or the week before. I didn't even realize I did this, but I ripped into Brent Seabrook and I've got to say, I am so sorry. I love Brent Seabrook with literally everything in me. And I think I just, I don't know what, I, I don't know if I was mad about something else and I just like took it out on him, but I ripped into him. I think it was last week. And I just, I have to apologize to Brent Seabrook because I felt really bad about it. And 
He lit- he literally is one of my favorite players. Like I'm not even joking. And I don't think he's as bad as everybody says he is. I really don't. I think it's just one of those things where he's hitting that age where there's just a natural decline in your performance. That's just how things are. That's just aging. Like even like a normal person who's not an athlete will see a decline in how well they can do things as they get older. That's just how it goes, unfortunately. So for me to just like absolutely like destroy the guy in like a sentence, I felt really bad about it. And I felt like I needed to apologize because I genuinely do like Brent Seabrook. And I think that he's a good player. I think he probably has passed his prime as a lot of players are, but I don't want to see him leave the Blackhawks. I don't want to see him sit up in the, oh my God, the press box. That was the word. Um, you know, I, he's an important piece of that locker room. And for me to just be mean about it was not in the right. So I felt like I needed to come back and apologize. So Brent Seabrook is not listening to this podcast. I, I was going to say, is, I'm sure Brent Seabrook, number one supporter. Because I felt really bad about it. And I don't know. I just, Brent Seabrook, I number one supporter of the Puck and Write Chicago podcast, has heard your, has heard your apologies and says, I don't care. <laughs> but no, no, thing is no, that's what he would say, right? He's like, such a chill guy. He's like, oh, but, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you know, fruit and all sorts of crap. Um, fruit and but yeah, I just had to get that off my chest because I've been thinking about it. And I was like, man, I got to fix this. Well, I looked at the doc when we were starting and I was like, it just says, I got to apologize to Brent Seabrook under Megan's power play. And I was like, you got to <laughs> apologize to Brent Seabrook? She's like, yeah, I did him dirty. So that yeah, was her I, apology. I there. felt like it wasn't like, I know he's never going to hear this. I get it. But I just felt like I needed to get that off of my chest because I was just not nice for no reason. And that's not how I typically am with my favorite team. So that's all right. That's all right. Like it happens. To, to it happens. It. And it was an in the moment thing. And mm. not that that makes it right at all, but. I we've like we've matured. We've matured. We've matured clearly. over the past week. Well, I'm glad that we've matured. Hopefully next week there's going to be more to talk about, but this week was obviously much lighter than last week, which is almost two hours, so I think that was really good. We give our listeners a little bit of a break because, oh my God, it was just so long. Um, but thank you again for tuning in this week. We can't wait to talk to you guys again next week, and then when Megan's in for the convention, we got a couple fun, fun things going on that time too, so... Uh, thank you again for tuning in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter, Instagram, on both the podcast pages and our pages. We have them all linked below. Tell all your friends, as Steve Dangle likes to say, uh, and we will see you guys next week. Bye, guys.